Hey, hey, we are back with this on topic, reflecting on Fighters Pass 2 in part two, where Lister and I are going to jump into the last three respective characters for each of our Fighters Pass predictions. So I guess we'll just jump right into it, huh? Yes, we will. So we've got three more characters list each for us to say. Uh, you finished off on Agumon, where part one ended. And I think it's fitting that the next character that I was <laughs> wanted to talk about is, well... It's a Pokemon. <laughs> you know, be, I'm sure a lot of people are kind of expecting a Pokemon now to be in the second Fighters Pass. They're mm -hmm. not necessarily happy about it, but after we had Violet, a Nintendo character, be in the first one, it kind of feels inevitable that we're going to get one of the new Generation 8 Pokemon in Fighters Pass 2. Especially since we're getting DLC for the first time ever. DLC in a Pokemon, a mainline Pokemon game, is going to come in the form of two uh, expansions yep, I know where this, is going. this year. Uh, we're having one that's like um, the Isle of the Isle of Armor and the Crown Crownlands, Crown Winterlands. I forget the name of it, but two two separate packs are going to be releasing in the year. And I was trying to think, okay, so we're gonna we're probably gonna get Pokemon, but which one is it going to be? And when we were reading off our predictions from our friends earlier, they didn't know we. There was Toxtricity, Rillaboom, Cinderace, all of them mentioned. Uh, mm -hmm. And then Babylonian even was just like, I don't know, man, just one that's not a humanoid, which I get it. I really do. But unfortunately, mine is humanoid. Um, I, I was mm -hmm. trying to debate between different Pokemon that it could be. I consider Zacian, because then we'd have another uh, quadruped, and this one's wielding a sword in its mouth, so that's kind of unique. But since we got the uh, spirit for Zacian... As DLC and Smash Ultimate, but I kind of figured probably not. I considered all three starters. Did not want to pick Cinderace. We have too many fire stars in Smash. The fact of, despite the fact that a sports moveset could be interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, I think Inteleon could work, but <sighs> we've already got a frog. Do we need a lizard? No, <laughs> we don't. Uh, Rillaboom was one I was really wanted to think about because then we could finally have a grass starter. But you kind of, I kind of look at Rillaboom. It's just like you're Donkey Kong. But with leaves and a drum. <laughs> what else is there to you? Well, let's be real. And then I thought Toxtricity could be a fun choice. You know, it's it's <clears> another <throat> electric type, which we've already got with Pikachu and Pichu, but mix in there some poison. And there's <clears throat> there's some interesting stuff that could be done there. Plus it's oh, yeah. it's got um it, it's a musical themed Pokemon, which we don't have yet in Smash, so there's some potential there. But what I decided mm -hmm. to go with was actually um a legendary Pokemon that's coming out with the first expansion pack, and that's Urshifu. Uh, Urshifu oh. has two different forms. I believe that, um, I think in the games, we don't really know for sure, but I think uh, depending on what version of the game you have will depend on what form Urshifu will take. It's either a single strike style or a rapid strike style. Mm -hmm. But I figured, you know what, Urshifu, you know, he's a, he's a fighting type Pokemon. His secondary type will change depending on which version he is. I'm kind of looking at him as like my fighting game rep. Pokemon's not a fighting game, but I'm looking at Urshifu, and I'm kind of just like, you know what? If they were to make a moveset for Heihachi from Tekken, you could probably transfer most of that moveset to Urshifu. He, he just looks like he'd be that kind of fighter. And I like that idea for him. And if I was to make a moveset for him, which right now I don't have plans to, but if I was, I would have a, a, a stance change effect for him. Where, you know, he starts out perhaps in single strike style, so his moves are all going to work one way. 
but if you uh, change his stance, he'll be in rapid strike style. So now his attacks will have a little bit of a different property to them. It'd be a oh, new way to do a Pokemon. Nice. And we don't have any characters anymore <clears throat> that just transform into another character. I mean, technically we have the Pokemon trainer that swaps out Pokemon, but we no longer have a uh, Zelda Sheik or a Samus Hirsute Samus. Those are gone. Urshifu could bring Very that true. back. Yeah. Uh, Very much so. Yep. Uh, the stadium I have picked out is going to be Winden Stadium, which is where the Pokemon League final battles are held. It's where, like, the... Uh, the tournament at the end of the game is held, and then whoever wins the tournament fights the champion. Felt like a pretty fitting place. I was considering the Slumbering Wield, which is where you meet the primary legendaries of the Galar region. And I also was considering uh, the Crown Lands, or the, the, the Isle of Crown, Isle of Armor, I mean, goddamn. But since <laughs> we don't know anything about that location yet, except for the fact that there's going to be a dojo there, I decided I didn't want to slot that one in. But it might not be a bad choice. No. The music I have might for, not be. Yeah. The music I have for Winden Stadium is uh the Wild Area's main theme, which felt like it would be a pretty nice calming choice. And then Pokemon is generally pretty easy in that uh your rivals, your champions, sometimes your different kind of trainers, they all have like their own little themes for when you're battling against them. So that made picking themes super easy because it's like, okay, so the theme for when you battle against top. The theme for when you battle against Marnie, the theme for when you battle against Bade, and the theme for when you battle against a gym leader, which is one of the most epic tracks in the game. I love the gym leader battle track. It's so good. It really makes you feel like you're in this massive arena with a lot of people watching you battle. Nice. Well done to whoever designed that one. Mm-hmm. For my me costumes. For Agumon, you listed a couple of different Digimon that will get costumes. Mm -hmm. I did not give any Pokemon any me costumes. It just wouldn't look right. It would be scary. <laughs> kind of like how Kirby's uh, Kirby hats for a lot of Pokemon are just like a skin cap at the top of that Pokemon's head. It's creepy. <laughs> okay? I don't like it. Yeah. But for Ishifu, I decided to bring back the Chocobo hat um, that was in Smash 4 along with the Geno outfit. So, sadly, spoiler alert, Gino's not going to make my list. I really want Gino to win the game, but I've been becoming disillusioned by the idea. I still want him. I think there's hope, but I don't have enough hope to put a bet on it, which is really <laughs> unfortunate, and I, I'm sad. Mm -hmm. I'm really sad. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, Gino is going to return as a me gunner. No shit. But uh, for my other three me outfits, two of them are going to be brawlers. One of them is a sword fighter. The first brawler is going to be Arlie Nasha from Puyo Puyo. Oh, nice. Yeah. I decided I want to go ahead and throw her a bone since uh, she's fairly well speculated in the community, or at least in some parts of the community. And then for the other two, mm -hmm. I picked out two indie characters that a lot of people have uh, battled over who should be the who is the best indie to be in Smash. And, well, they're not going to be in Smash. I just have them as me fighters. That's Shantae and Shovel Knight. Uh huh. They're both extremely nice. popular picks, so I figured, you know what? Let's just throw uh, fans of both a bone. You got Shantae the brother, you got Shovel Knight the sword fighter with a shovel. I know it's weird, it doesn't mm -hmm. make sense, but whatever. <laughs> I decided to go with it. Uh, the the yeah. spirits for Urshifu, you know, naturally it's going to be different Pokemon from Generation 8. 
So some of them <clears> I had a little bit of t- trouble coming up with something I liked for, but yeah, we'll go with it. Uh, mm-hmm. First up, we got Rillaboom, who is Donkey Kong. Betcha, couldn't have guessed that <laughs> at all. Uh, this fact's going to no. take place on Congo Jungle, and Donkey Kong will mm-hmm. constantly heal himself when he's when he is making physical contact with the main platform of the stage. Oh, so you need to get nice. him up in the air or on any other platform, or he's going to be constantly healing damage. I pulled that from uh, those other RPGs, in particular the Mega Man Battle Network series, where if you have a grass element Navi uh, standing on a grass panel, they will always be healing. Oh yeah, nice. It can be annoying because the, because they're always they're they're getting their nutrients from the earth. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Uh, the next one I have is uh, Inteleon. Who's going to be represented by Shocker of Shocks, Greninja, on the Fountain of <laughs> Dream stage. Uh, this Greninja is going to prioritize uh, using either Water Shuriken or the Staff item that it's going to come equipped with. Because Inteleon nice. is a long-range sniper. Mm-hmm. Uh, the final starter is going to be Cinderace. Even though we already have uh, spirits of their base forms in the game, I still want to use the fully evolved starters. So Cinderace is going to be represented by Captain Falcon on the melee version of Pokemon Stadium. Nice. All of Falcon's fire attacks are going to deal extra damage, and soccer balls are going to spawn constantly. Very fitting. Yes. Um, I also have Toxtricity on here, who's going to be represented nice. by Pikachu on the top portion of the Prism's Tower stage. So it's not going to rotate to any other portion of the stage, it's just going to be the top of Prism Tower. Uh-huh. The interesting thing here is that Pikachu's electric attacks can also poison you. <laughs> Get that nice mix of Very electricity cool. and poison going on. I really like the idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Me I got too. on here Surfetched, who's going to be represented by Yuri Lowell, one of my uh, other DLC <laughs> picks. And nice. this going to be on the Arena Ferox stage. And simply enough, you know, Surfetched, he carries a lance, he carries a shield. His defense, his defense, they're both going to be increased. So it's going to be mm-hmm. hard to deal damage against him, and he's going to be dealing hard, harder damage against you. Oof. Yeah. Nice. Uh, next it's up, going to be a regular fencing match. <laughs> yeah. Next I have <laughs> Wulu, one of the most popular new Pokemon from Generation 8. Wulu will be represented nice. by Jigglypuff on Green Greens. <laughs> uh, yep. There's going to be four different Jigglypuffs on the stage. And they're all going to be prioritizing using the move rollout. Good luck. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Not going to be fun. <laughs> uh, next, they have Obstagoon, the new evolution mm-hmm. for Lee Noon. And they're going to be represented by Incineroar. Uh, this match will take place on Umberclock Tower. And Incineroar will have uh, increased priority and improved timing on using both perfect shields and the move Revenge. So you you want to use range attacks with this guy. He's going to fuck you over if you try and go with the melee. <laughs> now, yeah. I have two legendary level spirits here. <clears throat> the first one is Eternatus. The uh the story legendary of the game that that's not one of the two heroes. It's more or less the bad guy uh legendary. Really looks like it should have come from uh, Generation 7's Ultra Space, because what the hell is that design? But Eternatus <laughs> is going to be represented by Ridley on the Halberd stage. For this match, not only will Ridley's physical attacks be able to poison you, 
but uh, the Halberd's beam cannon will be always active. So after it finishes tracking and shooting its beam, it's going to start tracking again to shoot another beam the entire match. It's going to be hell. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, the next one I have is going to be Champion Leon, the undefeated champion. Did you hear he's undefeated? He has a Charizard, and he's undefeated. Did you know he has a Charizard? Oh, also, he's bad with directions. He has a Charizard. Did you know that? Charizard? Isn't that, like, the only Pokemon that ever existed? Yes, it is. Also, it's owned by the undefeated champion Leon, who's bad with directions. Nice. Yeah, it's really cool. I like it. So, obviously, Leon is going to be represented by a Charizard. Mm -hmm. on Winden Stadium, and for this match, Charizard is going to be quote-unquote Gigantamaxed, because we can't do that in Smash, but Charizard is going to be giant on the stage, mm -hmm. and its stats are all going to be increased, so have fun. I won't. <laughs> I, I want to do that. It'll be a fun match. You do not. <laughs> <sighs> That's Urshifu for you. That's Urshifu for you. Uh, I like it, and I really like the concept behind Urshifu, and I'm excited to see the character, the, the Pokemon in the Isle of Armor when that DLC comes out and see how everything works. Um, the idea of a stance-changing Pokemon and, and kind of filling in that martial arts role, too, where several other characters like Heihachi or Starman or something could have otherwise filled the role. With a with a Pokemon that's going to inevitably have a high profile, is a good idea. Um, the one question I do have, and this is probably a question that's going around the community a lot too, is how do you feel about Urshifu in the context of being a Fighters Pass character because it's a DLC character for Pokemon, so you're buying DLC of DLC. That doesn't really bother me at all. I don't. I. No, I don't really give a mm -hmm. shit about that. Yeah, I mean, I would prefer not to have DLC of a Pokemon just because, like... Well, it, it's funny, because originally I was thinking back in the early days of uh, the first Fighter Pass, which was like, ugh, are they all going to be third parties? Can we please get a first-party character that people actually want? But then, as it moves on, it's like, <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I know, right? But then as it moves on, it's like, you know what? It's kind of cool that it's third-party characters. Because um, this is supposed to be Smash Ultimate, it's harder to negotiate for third-party characters than it is for our first parties. So whenever we have the next Smash, most of these are going to be gone. That's just going to mm -hmm. be the facts of it. So it's kind of nice to get these characters in here who are probably not going to appear again. Whereas in a later Smash game, uh, a new Generation, po Generation 8 Pokemon has a good chance. So does Waluigi, or Isaac, mm -hmm. or maybe Dino. Or, yeah, or Rex. Baby Gino. Like, we, we don't necessarily need Rex Speed DLC because we know, unless a new Xenoblade game releases between now and the uh, project plan of the next Smash game, Rex is going to make that roster. So why does mm -hmm. it need to be DLC? Yeah, So yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't bother me of uh, getting DLC of a DLC character. I would just personally rather have third-party characters at this point. But I feel I like agree. a Pokemon is inevitable. Yep. At this point, yeah, after Byleth, if we didn't get Byleth in this Fighters Pass and, and they staved Byleth off for Fighters Pass 2, we would be speculating further and maybe Pokemon wouldn't have made the list. Yeah, it, but if between we did you not and get me, Byleth, I knew it was... 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. If Philo was not in Fighter Pass 1, I would not be predicting a Pokemon in my list. This slot probably would have gone to... Maybe Sora? Maybe? Mm-hmm. But... Oh, Sora's not on your list, huh? Oh, yeah, spoiler Sora's not on my... I mean, I already put the Geno and Chocobo hat with Urshifu. That should have been a clear sign that, hey, I'm not doing a Square Enix character because they would have <clears> been with that one instead. True. True. You know who is doing a Square Enix character? You? Me. Yeah, that's right. Especially one that you just named Sora? like five seconds ago. Gino. Oh, shit. All right. Gino. Your, your good old pal, Gino, who you're feeling disillusioned towards. The character I want the most? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just that Gino is such a wanted character who's been begged for since, like, pre-Melee. And the the fan support has been so ardent and has never slowed down. We have Papa Gino's, for God's sake, being a very popular member of the community now based off of Gino support. Yeah. Um, Gino is the sole survivor of the big three that, you know, in terms of not being included in Smash. We got Ridley, we got K. Rool. So the question is, where's Gino? I think that's, you know, and we've known actually, it's not just we think. Sakurai is well aware of Gino and his popularity. Oh, yeah. I think that's the sole reason why we got the Gino costume in Smash 4. Uh, and furthermore, uh, I think that we actually got pretty close to having Gino in Brawl because of that Beware the Forest Mushroom track that was found in the data on the Brawl disc. Um,. And I think every time it's just something with Square. It's some something's happening in those really tied up rights between Square and Nintendo's probable joint ownership of Geno. That's like, what is going on? Something is halting this from happening. Yeah. And it's probably somewhere something along the lines of Square being like, We want you to use Final Fantasy. We want you to use Dragon Quest. Those are our flagship franchises and we want DLC of that so we can make more money. Well, um, I, I can see that for Dragon Quest, yeah. but we know that for a cloud, Sakurai specifically went up <clears> to <throat> them asking about Final Fantasy. That's true, too. And it was more than... <laughs> they, they were wanting to push one of the new characters, and they were just like, you really want Cloud and not one of the new guys? Like, yeah, we want Cloud. That's the one that everybody you're, likes that is popular. You're, you're iconic, really that tone deaf. Not Lightning and not Knockness. Yeah, amazing that they're making Final Fantasy VII Remake now. It's like, oh... Yeah. Something, some sort of light turned on. Um, yeah. But Final Fantasy makes sense. Dragon Quest makes sense. But now that we're now that we've got the two flagship franchises of both Square and Enix out of the way, it's it's more of a of a split down the middle. Do we go to represent Eidos Interactive with Laura that you know Laura Croft that they bought out of recently and turned into a an awesome rebooted franchise? Are they going to go with Kingdom Hearts and then get? tied up with the Disney mess of, of those rights or are they just or are they gonna give us Gino finally? Um Gino's a very special case and I think the only thing that's kept him so far probably has has been square. I think that they've dropped the ball somewhere and I would like to, at least in this fantasy land, rectify that. And I and I, I still think that there's a likelihood. It's just that we want it so much that even if the likelihood is good, it's like, is it really gonna happen? Mm-hmm. It's it's difficult to gauge. It's kind of like the disbelief when Ridley was revealed. Yeah. Um. So we'll see. It'll it'll make me very happy. 
but um the stage of the matter is of course and i don't think that anyone would be surprised by this uh smithy's keep Star Road. It's Star okay. Road. Okay. Okay. I think it was either I mean, going to be Star Road or the Forest Maze. Yeah, Forest Maze would make sense too, but um, we'll get to that in a second. I, you know what? Honestly, Star Road is a is a is a gnarly looking place, and I think that we're going to be basing a lot of Star Road's inclusion based on it being a gnarly looking place. It's pretty tubular. And beyond if you ask that, me. yeah, very tubular. Um, beyond that, just imagine the aesthetic of that in HD brought in, brought to life from the Super Nintendo era. Gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Beyond that, I mean, those, those translucent, I can only imagine a translucent, long-spanning stage, probably with gravity effect that, for some reason, I'm imagining it as something you can't fall off of, like a Bridge of Elden situation. So, a stage with walk-offs. Yeah, yeah. Um, stars and stars and stars. As you can imagine, I didn't think this through. No, you did not. Did you have, did you have any thoughts on Star Road? <laughs> I mean, if I was picking Sage Regino, I would actually go with the Forest Maze instead. Because that's the nice. area where you first meet him, he joins the party, mm -hmm. and you join forces with him to fight against Bowyer. You learn about what's going on with the stars in Star Road. And that's really where the plot of the game starts kicking into gear. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's true. Um, okay, well, you can go with the forest maze too. And on that on that same note, uh, music. Uh, what's funny here is that I only have four music tracks even on this because I was like, "This is Square," and we know what happens with. Uh, with Square. <laughs> yeah, when you only get two music tracks for Final Fantasy, and then Ultimate, mm -hmm. it's still only two tracks. We got, mm -hmm. we got eight for Dragon Quest, but it's still only two per game. It's like, fuck. Yeah. So this sums, again, Square Enix has all sorts of litigation going on with just every aspect of their business for some reason. So what I'm imagining is, uh, for music, we have Beware the Forest Mushrooms. We have uh when I was looking up the Star Road soundtrack, for some reason I was only finding Star Hill, and I was like, are these the same soundtracks? They are not. Star Hill and I'm is like, not what Star the hell is going I mean, you, on? You don't actually go to Star Road in Mario RPG. Yeah. Yeah. But either either way, um, that, the battle theme and, and the menu. That's, that's what I had down. Um, standard battle theme, rather. Okay. And then, yeah. so, the, the mix between them would be Originals, so you have the original tracks ripped from the Super Mario RPG, and then remixes that are orchestral remixes of each track. Mm -hmm. So that's how you can that's how you can kind of fluff things up and get more out of the the measly track list. Right, and there's also the boss battle theme as well. Yeah. Okay. That's let's put that in there too. Five. Uh, so five tracks, ten tracks total because of the original remixes. Uh, me costumes. I think uh, I think Mallow's a pretty easy guess, especially given supposedly what could either be real or Grinch 
Um, the Cacamelon Smithy. League. Yeah, the Cacamelon League. Uh, a Smithy. Um, Mallow, uh, me brawl. Or uh, it could be a me gunner too because of the whole mage aspect. I'm I'm torn on that. I'd probably go brawler. Uh, what, what would he have okay. as his gun? Like, what would it look like? Ooh, I don't want to know. Uh, Smithy, sword fighter. Xor. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Good. Yeah. Very good. And then uh, I also have booster listed here as a sword fighter. And let's see here. I uh Proco as a brawler and Sora as a sword fighter. Oh. Okay. Yep, yep. I just realized there's no gutters in this pack, but oh well. Yeah, it's fine. Mm-hmm. But funnily enough there are less uh me gunners of costumes of actual characters than any other me. Interesting. I've done the research. Or the very least of the DLC ones. And Rapid Peach as a gunner. That would be fitting. Yep. And, uh... Spirits? Again. Here's here's my list. Uh, what's, what's interesting, World of Light already presented us a Super Mario RPG party battle. They did, and there's also already um, a Mallow Spirit. Mm-hmm. So I would imagine on this board, I'm I just included Gino Malfoy. We operate the same, but we can disregard that if if wanted or whatever. Um, but for the other Mario RPG characters, I mostly focused on bosses. So there would be a Croco, which uh, going off the top of my head here, as usual, you can have a purple K roll. In a, uh, let's say, a New Pork City. Okay. And you're chasing. You have to chase King K. Roll down. And uh, as you attack King K. Roll, if you hit him hard enough, items will come out of his body, <laughs> and you can use those items to to lob at him and, and help knock him off. But King K. Roll is constantly running away from you, so you're having to knock him down. Nice. And, and chase after him. Uh, yeah. That came off the top of my head. I'm proud of that. Um, <laughs> um, and then to that end, there's also Mac. That would be a uh, a red tune link on. Let's see here. How about Peach's Castle? Pe- yeah, Peach's Castle. That'll work on Peach's Castle. And the thing about Mac is that. The way that the way that he works in that little old pogo knife of his, so Toon Link would be constantly using his down air as the prioritized attack, That's and chasing. Yep, <laughs> chasing after the opponent, and as you're, so Toon Link is assaulting you uh, with with this, and there's a greater likelihood of spiking, and there's a great a greater likelihood of the down down. Uh, air making considerable more damage than usual so it, it could be a pain in the neck okay. especially with the way peach's castle is squadroned off oh yeah yep 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 and then there's a uh, 
smithy. And as you are fighting this uh, giant Rob, uh, depend if you do not defeat it in time, smaller Robs will also join the battle to attack. Hmm. And uh, and this is in in you know in a in a special world. This would be in like a Bowser's Castle stage, but we don't live in that world, do we? So yeah, sadly. <laughs> This will I be on Mario stage. That's true. That's true. But no, I'm going to, you know what? Instead of going paper Mario, I'm going to just throw this in here. This is going to be on, uh, doom's gate. Oh, okay. That fits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Mega Smilax. Mega Smilax will be a giant two. One giant piranha plant and two regular sized piranha plants. And you have to fight them all in the close quadrant space of Hannonbow. God. <laughs> Is it at least Hannonbow without hazards? Yes. Oh, no. no. No, it's not. No. <laughs> And then uh and then Bowyer in the forest maze. And the thing about Bowyer is that it's a Byleth who constantly uses the standard special. And it has heightened speed. So as you're approaching Bowyer, Bowyer will jump up so you would have to jump towards him to attack him. Okay. Uh, yep, yep. And then for, and then the Axum Rangers, they're, uh, let's see, five differently colored, like, red, gosh, yellow, green, black, and pink. Yep, red, yellow, green, black, and pink. They are five differently colored. Who is a character that has all those different colors? Captain Falcon. I guess he can be like a Power Ranger. I mean, you could have one for each ranger. So maybe Mario yeah. was red. Uh, green could be... I don't want to say Luigi, but it could be Luigi, I suppose. Uh, yellow could be... Could Violet. be... <laughs> yeah, I well, Maybe. Uh, y yellow could be... Wario. I guess, yeah, Wario, probably. Mm -hmm. uh, pink's probably going to be Daisy. Or not Daisy, uh, Peach, I mean. Black... <laughs> I'm not sure which one with black. Game and Watch. Yeah, yeah. There you go. And uh, that could be more of a straightforward battle because you're fighting them all at once. That that could be enough in itself, and you could put it on an Omega Final Destination. I mean, an Omega that would be redundant. An yeah. Omega Forest Maze. <laughs> you want to do you want to do Battlefield Final Destination? Yeah, sure. All right. Uh, <laughs> Actually, Midgar would be uh, pretty fitting, too. True. Okay, let's do Midgar. And then uh, featuring a live workshop on this episode, friends. Um, our legend would be Tulex. Oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, and uh, goodness gracious, what can I say about that? The uh, 
it would be nice if let's see, Qlux can be represented by a boss instead of a character. Marks. And the boss can be Marks. And you're fighting Marks, except Marks has considerably more HP than in the standard Marks battle. And you only have a certain amount of time to defeat Marks. So, the way that you're going to get around this is fighting off differently colored miniature X characters. Miniature Kirbys. You'll fight them off that represent crystals. And as you defeat these Kirbys, Marks gets big knockbacks and damage that eventually lower his HP to low level. Hmm. And then... You take down Marks. So you could, if you wanted to, just ignore the Kirby's and try and fight Marks on your own. Right, right. Okay, interesting. And and uh, and that's them's the works. That turned out less of a mess than the prior spirit battle. So <laughs> pat pat on the back for me. I didn't expect that. <laughs> um. Questions, concerns, moving on. I mean, G- Gino's a character that I I love. He he he's he's my number one most wanted. And mm-hmm. if I'm wrong about him not being in the past, I will be incredibly happy about that. But I just, oh yeah, I don't know, man. I I feel pretty down on it. The fact that we know it was more of Nintendo <clears throat> kind of picking the DLC than it was Sakurai picking really makes me feel like it's going to be a tough pick for him. Like, why, why would Nintendo choose Gino? Why would they do that? Sakurai, we know, likes the character, but why would Nintendo, the company, want that? I don't know. But at the same time, True. Mega Smilax, a boss that is unique to Mario RPG and is only in that game, is mentioned in Veridi's, uh the, the Palutena's Guidance by Veridi when you're examining Piranha Plant in the game. Which you oh, would think, yeah. oh, wouldn't, wouldn't Square own that? That's weird. Mm-hmm. Why would it mm-hmm. be mentioned in the games? People have thought, oh, maybe there's going to be something with Gino there. But mm-hmm. since he didn't get in the first fighter pass where you could have expected, oh, you know, they're referencing him because they know he's going to be in. Since we didn't get him, I'm kind of just like, well, maybe that was just a random mention then. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I that want him, but I'm not. I don't have much faith in it, which is <clears throat> right. which disappoints me. Yeah, me too. But as they say back home, Gino give. Yes, Gino give. <laughs> All right. So my next character. Uh, this is one that was mentioned by two other people uh, that we asked. Mm-hmm. It's uh, we're going we're going to the Capcom side of things now. It's finally time for them to get another rep because <clears> they <throat> haven't gotten one yet this game. Besides Ken mm-hmm. and Echo, woo, <laughs> woo, sparkle, sparkles. Don't care about Ken at all. I mean, he's fine, <laughs> whatever. But it's still an Echo. I don't care about Echoes mm-hmm. mostly. But the character <laughs> I've chosen here to uh, be Capcom's next entrant into Smash. It's not Dante. It's not Amaterasu. It's not a third Street Fighter character. No, it's Phoenix Wright. Ah, <laughs> oh, please. Uh, another one of my mm-hmm. top ones. Um, I'm a huge fan of the Ace Attorney games. 
I really wish uh, uh, that Investigations 2 had come out to the West, as well as the prequel game that stars uh, Phoenix's ancestor. I understand why that wasn't translated, because a lot of the uh, the puzzles and the stories around it are, would be more difficult to translate into English, because they're based heavily uh, upon like Japanese stories and jokes, from what I've read. But I still would have mm-hmm. loved to play the game. Oh, yeah. But uh, for, for, for Phoenix here, I mean, obviously he's going to shout objection. I'm pretty sure I have a moveset already posted for him on Smashtopia. But um, mm-hmm. you can even have, like, a mechanic where he's having to search for evidence, kind of like what you have in Marvel's Capcom 3. Obviously, you'd have to change it a little bit so it's not just the same thing, but Sakurai likes giving gimmicks to these uh, to these uh, uh, DLC characters and making them have some kind of special way to play them. <clears throat> right, having to deal with evidence that, hey, I mean... That's an easy choice. You can mm-hmm. easily just snatch that up. But for his stage, I'm going with the courtroom. It's pretty basic. It's pretty symbolic of the entire franchise. It makes sense. Um, I don't really see... I don't see any, like, hazards on it. Uh, maybe just, like, you know, you can fight at the judge's, the judge's booth, at the uh, prosecutor's desk, the defendant's desk. Easy stuff there. <laughs> uh, the music, yeah. I actually had to trim down because I was like, oh, God, there's a lot of good music in these games. My mm-hmm. God. Uh, what I ended up going <laughs> with was the primary corner theme, which you hear uh, in the court case when you're about to nail that suspect. Great theme. I've also got mm-hmm. the Steel Samurai theme, which is present throughout the entire series as well. Uh, nice. Then I've got Mask the Masks theme from Trials and Tribulation. The Dark Age of Law from Dual Destinies. And finally, Troop Grimaria from Apollo Justice. All five very good tracks. If I could have listed more, I would have. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I just love the game. <laughs> I, I really want to do a uh, Let's Play for it eventually on my YouTube channel. Uh, it's just a matter of uh, getting to that point. Because there's so, so many games gaming. that want to play. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I thought about doing it as my next team, and I asked a friend of mine, I was like, hey, should I do this or this? And I knew they were in a sturdy fan. I thought they'd say sturdy. Then they said the other game. I was like, oh, okay. Sure, I guess we'll do that one. Whatever. Oh, man. Yeah, I was caught off guard by that. Uh, For our me costumes, first of all, we're going to bring back the basic Monster Hunter outfit that we had in Smash 4, along with the Rathalos armor outfit from Smash 4. Both of them are obviously going to be me sword fighters. Mm -hmm. Uh, For another me sword fighter, I've got Dante from Devil May Cry. Using his classic Dante look, not like, you know, ah. DMC Dante. We don't talk about that one. Appearing in me costumes is Dante sir. from the Devil May Cry series. Yes, not Dante's Inferno either. Oh, okay. Um, I've also <laughs> got a, a me brawler outfit for Miles Edgeworth, Phoenix's eternal rival. And then, you, you know what's kind of surprising me? We've got hmm. Ken and Ryu, a playable me, but no Street Fighter me's. True. None. We've got multiple mm-hmm. memes from like Art of Fighting and Virtua Fighter and King of Fighters, but nothing from the OG Street Fighter. So how about mm-hmm. Chun Li? Okay, that works for me. She she's the next biggest character in the franchise. Typically, when Street Fighter does any kind of crossovers, you get you get Ryu and you get Chun Li. Beyond that, mm-hmm. you know, you might get Ken, you might get Guile, uh, maybe in Bison, but it's typically Ryu and then Chun Li. Mm-hmm. So it's just weird that she's not involved in any way. Give her a me costume. Why the hell not? Right, right. For our, yeah, for our spirit battles, this is actually the franchise <clears> where <throat> I went beyond just nine. 
I had to go to 11 because there were so many that I thought about including. I was like, well, fuck, we got to cut it down somewhere. Unfortunately, I had to cut out the uh, primary villain from the first game, which really hurts. But, mm -hmm. you know, I had to do it. I had to do it. If I could add in one more spear, I would add uh, back in Manfred von Karma. But unfortunately, I cannot. So, you cannot. No, I can't. The first spirit battle for Ace Attorney is Miles <laughs> Edgeworth, Phoenix's rival. Oh, yeah. And obviously, he's going to be represented by Phoenix right himself at the courtroom stage. For this battle, oh, of course. Yeah, for, for this battle, this is, this is a fun one, I think. Uh, items are going to spawn at an increased rate, period. Just all items. But, in addition to that, when you throw an item, it's going to be dealing increased damage. You're presenting these Ooh. items at court. Mm -hmm. I, I love it. It's so very good. nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next one I have is Maya Faye, Phoenix's assistant, who's going to be represented by <laughs> Zelda at the Gerudo Valley stage. For this match, uh, Zelda's magic attacks are going to be stronger, and if you don't KO Zelda in less than a minute, Pelotena is going to spawn in to help fight, but you only need to KO Zelda. And that's kind of representing the uh, spirit channeling technique that Maya Faye can do. She's bringing in an ally, because she, she doesn't want to fight, but you're <laughs> forcing her to. Mm -hmm. Next up, I've got Dick Gumshoe, everybody's uh, favorite lovable police captain. Well, is he a captain? I don't know. He's, he's a detective, and he's not very good at it. But he's going to be represented by Donkey Kong on the four-side stage. <laughs> yeah, not a great stage for Donkey Kong. But, I mean, <laughs> Dick Gumshoe's not good as a job, so it kind of works, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, for mm -hmm. this match, Isabel is actually going to be fighting alongside Donkey Kong, and is actually going to try her best to protect him. So she might run in front of an attack that's meant for Donkey Kong that you're trying to attack him with. And unfortunately for you, that doesn't really help you at all, because you only need to KO Donkey Kong to win. Isabel's really getting up in your face. <laughs> and she's meant to nice. represent uh, Maggie Bird, the girl that Gumshoe, well, the... Uh, Member of the police that Gumshoe kind of fell in love with. Just kind of seems yeah. fitting to throw her in there with that. Plus, I didn't know what else to do for that battle. I was at a loss. Like, uh, what can I do for Gumshoe? Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know. So I had to come up with something. Uh, next up, I've got Francisca Von Karma, everybody's favorite whip-wielding prosecutor. She's going to be represented by Richter Belmont on the pilot wing stage. Which you might think, pilot wings... Why the fuck pilot wings? I get it. <laughs> I, I, trust me, I get it. But there's a reason. <clears throat> She's from Germany. So she flew over to America or Japan, wherever this game takes place, because Ace Attorney kind of does the whole Americanization nonsense. Mm -hmm. But also in the Ace Attorney Investigations game, uh, one of the cases in that game takes place on a plane. And I might be misremembering, Wonderful. but I think Franziska is in that case. I might be wrong, though. But I think she's there. So, you know, pilot mm -hmm. wings. Why not? There you go. So for this uh, match, uh, Richter's going to prioritize using any of his attacks with the whip. And also, all whip attacks are stronger. Ooh. Next up, I've got the Steel Samurai, which is a uh, character in a TV show in the games. The Steel right. Samurai will be represented by Byleth on the Suzaku Castle stage. 
for this match, Byleth will be metal the in, uh, for the start of the match. And actually, no, for the entire match. Screw it. The entire match, Byleth is metal. And their attacks are stronger. Not going to be easy. <laughs> no, it's not. Here's a fun one for you. You you know Ace Attorney, right? Oh, of course. Finish this phrase for me. When something smells, it's usually... Eric. Well, I can't say you're wrong, but no. The phrase is, when something smells, it's usually the butts. A Larry yep. butts. Phoenix is a... Your favorite. Well, no, he's actually extremely annoying. Uh, a <laughs> childhood friend of Phoenix. They went to elementary school together. Larry is a bit of a fuck-up. Let's be real here. Larry is going to be represented by Luigi on the New Donk City Hall stage, and Luigi is going to spend most of that match tripping. <laughs> it just seemed fitting. Oh, it does. <laughs> so our next pair is going to be The Judge, who's in most of the cases throughout the franchise. Uh, he's going to be represented by King Day Day on the courtroom stage, and uh, his hammer attacks are just going to be stronger, and that's it. Nothing else needed. Sometimes you don't need anything more. Sometimes you don't. Mm -hmm. uh, next up, I've got uh, Phoenix's uh, protege. We'll call him that. Apollo Justice, main character from uh, you know, his attorney Apollo Justice. Pretty, pretty obvious mm -hmm. there. He's going to be represented not by Phoenix Wright, but by the Dragonborn actually, because Apollo. Because one of <laughs> Apollo's things is that he has a uh, he has this like training program of like cords and steel, where he's. It's literally trying to, like, yell as loud as he can. And what does the Dragonborn <laughs> do? Fuss Rodan. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. It's going to be taking place so, on the Wii Fit studio stage. And uh, items will just gravitate more towards Apollo. Uh, on top of Fuss Rodan being... Uh, it, it can throw you farther than what, than what it normally would be able to do. Got it. And I, and I would assume it's prioritized as well, so... It would be constantly using Fuzzrada? More than likely, yes. Okay. Next up, I've got Trucy Wright, Phoenix's adopted daughter. She's going to be represented mm -hmm. by Rosalina because, you know, she's all about magic tricks, and it's going to be on the Magic Ant stage. For nice. this battle, since there is no uh, magician or wizard or any kind of thing like that, me outfit that's not already an established character, like, again, Veridi, Veronica, and uh, Ashley... Instead, mm -hmm. uh, Trucy Wright is going to be accompanied by a Mii Brawler, a Mii Swordfighter, and a Mii Gunner who are all wearing magic hats. It's the only wizardy thing that Mii's can wear besides that's not just a regular character, so screw it. So they're representing, you know, the uh, the Grimarie family, which Trucy is a part of, and you have to KO all of them to clear the spirit match. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Not going to be an easy one, but that's not my legendary either. Oh, no. Next Ooh, up, we've got Athena Sykes, who is uh, Phoenix's second protege that you meet in mm -hmm. Dual Destinies. She's going to be represented by Lucina on the Corneria map. Why? I don't really know why she's represented by Lucina. She just is. <laughs> I didn't know what to do, and I wanted to pick a character that I hadn't already used. So, Lucina, plus I think there's an alt where you can make her have red hair, and Athena has red hair. So, mm -hmm. screw it. Uh, and as far as Corneria, yep. uh, there's a there's a case in uh, Dual Destinies that involves a uh, a space not a space station but like like a NASA type area. So it kind of felt you know Corneria kind of fits that bill a little bit. Mm -hmm. 
For this match, alongside Lucina, you're also going to be fighting against a mini metal peach, which represents uh, Athena's little tool, Widget, which can help uh, analyze emotions in a defendant's voice. You only need to mm-hmm. KO Lucina, however, so you know you don't got to worry too much about the peach. But right. our legendary, our legendary spirit, is the villain from the third Phoenix Wright game, Dahlia Hawthorne. Dahlia, Ooh, Dahlia. is going to be represented by the sweet and innocent Peach, or is she? The match starts at, well, the match is on uh, High Hrothgar, Dragonborn stage, and it starts out just playing against Peach. You know, it just seems like a normal match at first. But then when you KO Peach, giant, bay- giant Bayonetta appears. <laughs> this is the true form of Dahlia Hawthorne. She's a bitch. Mm-hmm. Killer. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it. That is uh that is my uh fighter pass with Phoenix Wright. My Capcom Beautiful. rep. Beautiful. Uh Phoenix Wright is a great choice. One that's one that's been surging in popularity for Capcom rep currently as well. Um and really, when you when you when you assess Capcom, there's, it's a similar situation to Square, or more basically most companies, honestly. Yeah. Where you have a lot of where you have a lot of different characters bubbling towards the top, uh, Phoenix, Amaterasu, Dante, um, Resident Evil at a time, but those dreams are dead. Um, so, it's interesting, and, and there's so many ways to take it. Some people want baby head, but I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And so that leads me pretty well to segue into my next character, which is another Capcom character. Hmm. Um, Ryu Hayabusa from Ninja Gaiden, developed by Koei Tecmo. That's not a Capcom character. No, it isn't. But I thought I'd throw you a curveball there. (laughs) Just like any father would, son. Papa? So, yeah, that's me. After all these years, uh, Ryu Hayabusa is the protagonist of the Ninja Gaiden series, but he's also appeared in Dead or Alive, various Warriors titles. He's a very uh, familiar flagship character of Tecmo and has crossed over since into Koei franchises. Uh, and again, one of the, a lot of DLC characters and a lot of third-party characters, period, are legacy choices. You have characters who reach back into... The NES era, you have the Belmonts, you have rivalry characters like Sonic, Pac-Man, who's been around for ages, Mega Man, Ryu, Terry. All of these characters have been around for decades and represent like the cream of the crop of... of uh, retro gaming. Retro gaming, which actually could be another argument for Doomguy, too. Um so that was in Ninja Gaiden. I got into it first on the virtual console back in like 2005 or six, no, six or seven rather. And it was just a really, really fun platforming series that, that since turned into a combo based sprawling kind of game, uh, similar to Fable, uh, kind of in, in that top down gameplay style, but also not like fable at all <laughs> more more like m-rated nicktoons unite oh no but also good <laughs> so it's it's hard to explain but um he would have a lot available to him uh 
pretty much Dragon Sword, starting with the DS, that Ninja Gaiden became more of a Nintendo-centric series again. Wii U releases, there's one on the, coming on the way on the Switch, too. Uh, and he's very co- combo-centric, has a lot of flashy moves available to him, on top of more of the traditional ninja uses, some some magic. So he could be a very, very adept character with roots and classic history. So for the sake of promotion and for the sake of be a very sound pick from Nintendo standpoint as well as Sakura's. Um for the stage, uh we, we I wanted to kind of do it how Terry does it, where he's like a King of Fighters rep wrapped in Fatal Fury uh branding. So <clears throat> I wanted to represent Dead or Alive and Ninja Gaiden in his in his moveset and his oh, stage. Okay. Um so in Here's the thing about Dead or Alive. When Hayabusa's first revealed, you're just like, oh, this is Hayabusa's stage. And you're just fighting him on a flat plane. I'm like, that is boring. <laughs> so um, so instead of taking the idea of Hayabusa's stage from Dead or Alive and applied it to his home village from Ninja Gaiden. So Hayabusa Village is his stage. And it's mostly a background situation where you're able to transition between night and day viewing uh this traditional uh secluded japanese village in the background but every so often a dragon will attack and the dragon can be Rathalos. any number of dragons <laughs> yeah the dragon can be any number of dragons from throughout the series the the bone dragon the dark dragon smaugen or uh, all all sorts of different different dragons, um, and I'm the thing that I'm not. I'm kind of torn on is whether or not they will be able to actually attack the stage because they are ginormous, but just for them to fly through the background, and and offer something a little different to the stage, even in aesthetic form, be very pleasing. Um, otherwise, I also wanted to reintroduce the mechanic that the King of Fighters Arena introduced to the stage. Which is uh, you know, you have those walls on either side yes. just like a traditional fighting map. I love and it then so yeah, yeah, exactly. So simple simple idea. Keep uh KISS method Hayabusa stage with with some nice background aesthetics for the sake of it not just being nothing. Um music. Um Ryu has a very, Hayabusa has a very, uh, iconic theme from Warriors Orochi 3, actually, uh, just called Ryu Hayabusa's theme. So, of course, that has to be included. Um, I was also thinking main themes from Dead or Alive, like especially the more popular ones, 3, 4, 5, 6. Uh, stuff from the original Ninja Gaiden games, uh, such as The Duel, Boss Battle, Unbreakable Determination, devilish influence uh including the chiptune original so you have the original tracks and then remixes as well kind of like well how we approach chino uh me costumes for ryu include from both dead or alive and ninja gaiden and i'm thinking of having costumes for each of their appearances so their dead or alive forms and their ninja gaiden forms because they're different uh kasumi and ayane the, uh, the the sister uh, Kun, Kunoichis who who assist Ryu 
in throughout the series and also fighting dead or alive um <clears throat> all let's say that their dead or alive forms can be brawlers and their ninja gaiden forms can be sword fighters so they then both we have, have two costumes yes yes uh just 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 because they're both they both have such prominent roles in both series and they're both such prominent characters that I figured it would be okay um, to go that route. On top of three other costumes. Uh, taking from the Warrior series each. Linkle as a sword fighter. Oh! Yep. Yep. And then Liana and Rowan from Fire Emblem Warriors as well. Oh. <laughs> You groan, but you can just see it now. Uh, so, that's that. As far as spirits go, um, there's a few iconic Ninja Gaiden characters that I had in mind. There's Irene Liu, who is uh, Hayabusa's love interest in the original Ninja Gaiden trilogy. Uh, I was thinking Zero Suit Samus. Uh, Zero Suit Samus. Good times. Hey, uh, Ayane Kasumi. Yep. Ayane and Kasumi would be obvious as well. Uh, some some classic villains like Bomberhead or Jack Yo from the original titles. Um, and then let's just skip right ahead because honestly, Ninja Gaiden, most of the Gusto is going to come from the enemies that you face, especially in later games. Those huge dragons, and uh, and I will just say that you can have the dark dragon, uh, similar to an effect like with your. Uh, remind me what was it again? Alduin. Alduin, yes. Yeah. So um, that's the one that's Rathalos. Set over. Yeah, this could be set over Rathalos too. We both had two. We both had series with prominent dragon uses. <laughs> Um, and in this case, as Rathalos attacks you, um, it could have the ability to use both fire and dark damage effects. Hmm, okay. And, uh, beyond that, you will also have a miniature dark sheik fighting you as well to represent the, uh, the evil ninja occult who has wanted to bring the dark dragon forth. Uh, yeah, there you go. Okay. Uh, and also, Joe Hayabusa, Ryo Hayabusa's father, as uh, was my planned out legend. His name is Joe? And... Yes. Yes, it is. Oh, but not... <laughs> It is it is an Asian form of Joe. It's it's J O with a with a uh, arrowhead thing above the O, but still. Uh... <laughs> so it's more like Joe. Yeah, yeah. So Joe Hayabusa, he is. Uh... Although in the American translations back in the eighties, they did translate it as just J O E. God damn it. <laughs> yep, and some translations have also called him. Ken. So, what? Who? Who knows? Who? Who really knows? 
Um, and I was thinking about making this a at Hayabusa Village as Hayabusa dressed in white. And he's just, uh, he has a sparkling gold effect around him. And he's just a lot harder to beat and is just better all around. Stamina battle. There you go. All right. All right. Seems pretty basic to me. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Well, you know, it's a, it's a classic, classic series. So I think with, with the kind of standards that you'd be pulling from to better represent the classic side of Ninja Gaiden, you, you kind of get stuck in that, in that little rabbit hole of it being a little simpler. That's fair. I mean, you, you yeah. and I have talked about uh, where you high boost in the Ninja Gaiden, Ninja Gaiden franchise possibly getting in Smash in the past, and that's kind of been, like, more wavy on it because, like, but we have a Ryu and a Ryu in the game. Mm -hmm. That's just kind of weird. But at the same time, we have a Roy and a Roy, so... Eh. Yeah, I mean, and I like, mean, you can call Hayabusa. Yeah, you could just call him Busa. that. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he, he's definitely got the legacy. He's one of the, um, possibly the biggest uh, NES-era character that's not in yet. Mm -hmm. So he's, he definitely has I reasons agree. to be added. And I wouldn't mm -hmm. really be disappointed if he was. Yeah. He's been talked about a lot in the speculation communities for this, uh, even for the first fighter pass. <laughs> there were multiple leaks that mentioned Ryu Hayabusa being added into the game. But mm -hmm. thus far, you know, we're still waiting. I know it makes you wonder: is it is it inevitable, or is this going to be another Star Fox Grand Prix? I still wish Star Fox Grand Prix was a thing. So it, do I. It, it might have been terrible, but it would have been funny. Oh yeah, absolutely. Very sad, <laughs> but mm -hmm. it's time to get to my final prediction. For Ooh, Fighter Pass bear. 2. This character, mm -hmm. when looking at all the other lists that were given to us by our friends, was mentioned the most. They were mentioned on uh -huh. four lists, and now I'm mentioning them for the fifth time. And that is, from Activision Spire. Blizzard, Crash Bandicoot. Ooh. Now, personally, I would prefer Spyro the Dragon to be in the game. But considering mm -hmm. Japan doesn't really like Spyro, the kind of translations or the, the localization of the first two Spyro games kind of got fucked with. Japan's not really mm -hmm. hot on the character. And even I myself have had a little bit more difficulty coming up with a moveset for Spyro. But, I mean, if we get Crash, you know, fine, fine. But I would still prefer Spyro, but, you know, whatever. I'll get over it. But for mm -hmm. Crash, um, he, he would be... But much like, you know, back in the old PlayStation days, you had Mario as, like, the face of Nintendo. You had Sonic as the face of Sega. Crash was, for a while, at least for the platforming side of things, the face of Sony and the PlayStation itself. So having mm -hmm. him in would really complete that rivalry <clears throat> triangle there. And I, I would love to see it. Oh, yeah. The stage I have picked for him is Insanity Beach. Uh, but you could really expand that to the entirety of Insanity Island if you wanted to. Insanity Island being like the first uh, world of the original Crash Bandicoot. And Insanity Beach is the first level. It's, you know, it's a beach. Obviously. There's a jungle. There's <laughs> trees. Crazy stuff. I don't really have a full vision in my mind of how the stage would look or work. 
but it feels pretty obvious that it's got to be either Insanity Beach or Insanity Island. It just really depends on which one you choose. If you went with Insanity Island, you can make it a traveling stage, and it can include like a Papu Papu's Temple or mm-hmm. Village, whichever it is. I feel like it changes from one game to another, but that area. Uh, for the music, though, I decided to pick the uh, main title themes from all three original Crash games, Crash 1, 2, and 3. Their title themes are just amazing, and it will be a crime not to include them. And then I also included the level themes for Jungle Rollers and for the Papu Papu boss battle. <laughs> nice. They're pretty good tracks. I enjoy them. Especially the yeah. title themes. Oh my god, yes. Uh, mm-hmm. For our me costumes here... I have a uh, a hat of the Aku Aku mask. So you're literally just wearing the Aku Aku mask on the front of the Mii's face. That's it. That's the hat. I, I mean, enjoy if Crash it. can do it, why can't we? I also <laughs> have uh, purely just a hat for Spyro the Dragon. I wanted to make it a Mii outfit. I really did. But I'm, mm-hmm. I'm imagining it in my head. And if I'm picturing it, it's just it's Spyro standing up on his hind legs. And I don't like it. It's cursed. And just, <laughs> just, just give me the hat. Just give me the hat, and I'll deal with it. It can be like a little. It's like his head, and you're wearing mm-hmm. it on top of your head, and like your face is coming out of the mouth, like what some other ones are. Screw it. Let's just go with that. I have. <coughs> give me my spiral hat. Damn it! If I can't have the character. Give me a hat, please. Mm-hmm. Uh, representing mm-hmm. some of the other Blizzard franchises, I have the Lich King. From World of Warcraft, being a oh. meat sword fighter. From Overwatch, nice. I have Tracer as a meat gunner. Lovely. And then I also have Genji as a meat sword fighter. <laughs> cool. Yes. All some mm-hmm. good choices. I wanted to rep- I, I thought about having a Diablo <clears throat> character in there, but I don't know Diablo at all, and I didn't really feel like researching it. So I said, fuck it, let's have Genji. <laughs> because why not? Because, why not? And it's my list, damn it. <laughs> so, for yep. our spirit battles for Crash Bandicoot, I have a Dr. Neo Cortex, the first one. Uh, he's being represented by Dr. Mario on the Midgar stage. Uh, this one is going to have... Uh, Dr. Mario's going to be backed up by a few other characters. He's got Urshifu, who's going to be representing Koala Kong. Pikachu, Ooh. representing Pinch... Pinstripe <coughs> Potoroo, and then two King K. Rules who are representing <coughs> Komodo Joe and Komodo Mo. For this match, <laughs> nice. though, you only need to KO Dr. Mario. You don't need to worry about the others. However, you probably should worry about them anyways because that's a lot of opponents trying to kill you. Right. Uh, next up, I've got the spear for Aku Aku the Mask. Uh, it's going to be a me brawler wearing the Aku Aku Mask. Pretty, pretty obvious there. Uh, this match will take place on Insanity Beach, and every once in a while, the Mii Brawler will be under the effects of an Invincibility Star. Because that's exactly what the Aku Aku Mask does for you in Crash Bandicoot. Makes you invincible. Lovely. Next up, I've got Ripperoo, the insane, uh... Well, he's insane. Just completely insane. <laughs> yeah. He likes explosions, and he likes jumping. So he's being represented by Sonic on the Congo Fall stage, who is also another blue character and who's insane. Is able to jump and some would say insane. Probably doesn't like explosions as much though. 
Just just a guess. <laughs> For this match, oh, did you think Sonic was fast already? Well, guess what? He's wearing a bunny hood. <laughs> also, explosive items will spawn very often. I, I, okay. Yeah. That sounds good to me. It does. Is it, is it an exploding chili dog? No. Okay. Sad for you, <clears throat> I know. Uh, mm -hmm. Next up, we've got Papu Papu, the, uh, you know, village chief. He's going to be represented by King K. Rule on Congo Jungle. And mm -hmm. uh, for this battle, King K. Rule will prioritize using his gut check counter. And the belly cannot be broken. <laughs> oh, man. Just like my belly can't be broken. I like it. Sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Our next spirit battle is going to be up against Coco Bandicoot, being represented by Zero Suit Samus on Spiral Mountain. Nice. For this match, uh, Zero Suit Samus will be accompanied by a miniature Ice Climbers representing Polar, and a mini Incineroar representing Pura, and you got to beat all of them. you got to beat the poor, poor defenseless little animals. In <laughs> fact, you know what? I might say that for Cortex, you got to beat all of his allies too, because otherwise, okay. why? Why not? Yep. Uh, next up, we've got Dr. Imjin, who's that crazy guy with a missile stuck in his head. <clears throat> How he's alive, mm -hmm. nobody knows. <laughs> but he's going to be represented by Snake on the Venom stage. And for this one, kind of similar to Ripperoo, explosive items are going to spawn often, but Snake is going to be immune to any and all explosions. Ooh. Yeah. So the, these are the explosion that. items... They're not there to help you. They're to oh, hurt no. you. <laughs> it's not I almost good. thought that Snake was going to uh, use his grenade launcher to just uh, rather rather his uh, his homing missile to just move the missile towards his own head. You know that would be an engine's character. Yep. But unfortunately, not what I chose. <laughs> So, moving on, we've got a Tiny Tiger, my favorite mm -hmm. of the villains. He's going to be represented by Incineroar, my least favorite of the Pokemon in the game, <laughs> uh, on the Arena Ferox stage. This is calling mm -hmm. back to uh, to Crash 3, where you're fighting uh, you're fighting Tiny Tiger in a, gladiator, in a gladiator ring, or at least I think it's Crash 3. Might be Crash 2, but it's a gladiator ring. So that's where Arena Ferox comes in. <clears throat> and for this match, Incineroar, since, you know, we can't give him a trident, he's going to be using Death Scythe. Nice. But it's not just that. Yeah. Tiny Tiger, a little bit feral. So for this match, Incineroar will be relentlessly hunting you down. He's not running. <clears throat> he's not going to be playing defensive. He is an all-out offense to murder your ass. <laughs> yep. Yep. Next up, I've got like Dingo it. Dial. Uh, he's going to be represented by Charizard on Shadow Moses Island. And for mm -hmm. this match, uh, Charizard is pretty much just going to be prioritizing his Flamethrower special. But the Flamethrower Flame will never run out. It will always be at yep. its maximum uh, power. Nice. My goodness. So we've only got one more spirit left for Crash Bandicoot. And it's the Legendary... But you might be wondering, it's like, okay, you've used, like, a lot of the villains already, including the main villain of the franchise. Who the hell's your legendary? Oh, well, my God, it's fake Crash, isn't it? You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's fake Crash. 
Uh, Fate Crash, for those of you that don't know, is a uh, a bastardized version of Crash Bandicoot that was based off of a uh, really horribly designed plush toy of Crash that was sold somewhere, and the developers were just like, you know what, that's funny. Let's put that in the game. And it's just, it's fake mm -hmm. Crash. Where does he come from? Nobody knows. What What is his purpose? Nobody knows. He He's playable <laughs> in one of the racing games. Uh, I believe the the second one that they created, uh, where the characters are kind of like on good and bad teams. Except mm -hmm. um, Fake Crash is not on good or bad. He, he's more of an in-the-middle character for some reason. Nobody knows why he exists or any of this shit. But like on Smashtopia, I had made a moveset for Crash Bandicoot. And like the final um, alt costume is just Fake Crash. And it literally he takes on the appearance of Fake Crash for it. And including the the name of the announcer title of Fake Crash. And so for this spirit battle, I imagine that same thing. He's being represented by Crash Bandicoot in the Fake Crash outfit on Insanity Beach. Why is he legendary? All of his stats are heavily boosted. He's stronger than you. He's faster than you. He can take more hits than you. He's not going to be easy to put down. He wants oh. Fake Crash wants to not only beat the real Crash... He wants to kill the real Crash and replace the real Crash. He gonna do it. Sounds right. <laughs> and that is oh, my man. final Fighter Pass character. The end of my predictions. We had Master Chief, Yuri Lowell, Dragonborn, Urshifu, Phoenix Wright, Crash Bandicoot. Jono, how are you ending your list? interesting that you ask because we mentioned this character a couple of times throughout the podcast and at the very beginning I actually used one of their theme songs a bit near the start and you're like oh god people can hear that you remember the one right dum, dum, I remember dum, it happened dum, but I don't know what it was dum, 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 dum. I have no idea what that is wait what what I am going to introduce to you Pachyderm from Yoshi's story. No, you're not. So, for Pachyderm, this... <laughs> yeah, I can't do this. It's Amaterasu. Okay. Where's Which... your Capcom? Yeah. To, to no surprise, um, I will admit, there's a bit of personal bias sprinkled in there, which, uh, you know, like, you've always preferred Phoenix, I've always preferred Amy. Um, and then there's Dante, too. And I think... When you're when you're balancing these out, Resident Evil is dead in the water unless we somehow get Claire, which I just don't think is going to happen. Um, we'll get Ada Wong or Wesker instead. I wish we would get Wesker, but he's a spirit now. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Dante Dante's looking real good, and he's a fan favorite of the community and speculation right now. And he has so many different techniques available to at his disposal. He loves pizza. There's a lot to enjoy about the guy, and I wouldn't mind his inclusion. Um, Phoenix Wright would be awesome, too. And, and, the, and Ace Attorney is a series that I have more experience with than Devil May Cry, so I'd be a little more excited for that. And uh, I really enjoyed you going through lists for Phoenix as well. So Amaterasu, I just wanted to round it out. I don't really know much about Devil May Cry. You covered Phoenix, and I figured you would. So I'm going to go for Amy because she's like, 
somewhere in that mess of the top tier Capcom characters we can choose from. Um, another character that was supervised, like Dante, um, by Hideki Kamiya. Who also did Bayonetta. Uh, things. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, there's there's that precedent, and, and Sakura has a friendship with him. Although that doesn't really ma- factor into things of Nintendo's choosing, but there's also a precedent, I think, because Okami, although it's pretty much known for that solo game, because Okami doesn't, you know, it's a good game, but it's just, it's a DS game. People are looking for a sequel to Okami. It's like you get to revisit other locations from the original game. It's a fun nostalgia trip, but then when you're not playing it on a DS and you're looking towards the future, you're like, why would I ever play this? Yeah. <laughs> so... It's kind of like Even though... Majora's Mask in the essence that they just reused a lot of assets and moved on, but it's also mm-hmm. not as good. Yeah, and that was unavoidable too because it was on weaker hardware. Yeah, um, it was it was fun for what it wasn't. But we are still looking for the true sequel, and in the meantime, Okami is pretty much the one game in the franchise that's really looked highly upon. But it's it is a cult favorite, which is extremely popular in certain circles. Uh, a best-selling game as well, a, a, high, a greatly highly reviewed game, uh, critically acclaimed by all means, and has been constantly ported and and remastered again and again, um, including on the Wii and on the Switch. Uh, so there's a precedent there for Amaterasu's inclusion. Uh, there's no telling what the prediction rate is against Dante or Phoenix. I think that those are our top three Capcom characters. Yeah, and I agree with that at this point. Yeah, and it's ultimately just what's going to be chosen because it's like, I feel like the community too and speculation has constantly circled back been like, oh, it will be Amy. Oh, it will be Dante. It's like, we don't know. We don't know. Um, especially with Dante just being off those recent tweets that turned out to be just for that Devil May Cry 3 port. Yep. Uh, he's only as likely as the others. Only as likely as the others. Um, so, Amaterasu too. I mean, it's a bi- it's a it's a non-humanoid character that that she runs on all fours. A, a wolf with divine powers. There's, there's a lot to work that. with there. Oh yeah, oh yeah. As would I. Um, so for for Amy's stage. Um, there's there's two locations that I was, that I was thinking of, and they're the two most the, the 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 two foremost overworld areas where you can really fully explore, and that's uh, Shinshu Field or Ryoshima Coast. Shinshu Field is a lot like the Hyrule Field of the game, the first area that you really get to explore and fight enemies and and interact with with different characters and and just kind of ex- and bask in the game. So theoretically, it would probably be the first choice. I'm going Ryoshima Coast as well, just to throw it out there. It's the first area you go, you go into after beating the Ochi arc. So it's like that first cut of the game, then you're jumping into this whole new story story plot. Um, and it's just a gorgeous area. There's a, there's a whale and ride and 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 a, and a sunken pirate and a ghost sunken pirate ship that's infested by demons. Uh, a shrine that was inhabited by a bunch of monks at one point but has now been uh, mostly abandoned in light of a curse 
there's a lot of interesting things happening on Rehost. Uh, so it would be a fun stage to move around, uh, a traveling stage. Shinshu Field, um, I could see it just in front of one of the cherry blossom trees. And my mechanic idea for that would be that when you first enter Shinshu Field, it is cursed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been cursed by Orochi. Its, it's uh, Sakura tree has been dissolved of its strength and... and, and uh, so we've lost the essence of nature in Shinshu Field while it's cursed. So my idea is to have this area that's that will always remain normal, like a like a patch of grassy area and right in front of the tree that as it that turns back into a sapling, you'll still be safe. But then the rest of the area becomes cursed and you'll and you are at risk to garner different status effects or or be dealt casual damage if you remain in the cursed area for long. Um, and then over time, the uh, I don't know if it would be that you can activate something by like hitting hitting sapling balls or something to to send it back towards the tree and restore it, or if it will just be something that happens throughout the match automatically. But then the tree restores itself, and then you it's full of lush wildlife, and you have platforms to to play on and that sort of thing. So you're in front of the tree and I think you always have the platforms available actually and, and you're fighting in front of the tree. Actually, that sounds like fun. Um, for music, there's no shortage of really great tracks from Okami. Uh, one of my favorite uh, soundtracks from a video game ever. Um so, of course, if we were on Shinshu Field, which I think I'm leaning towards, you would have the cursed Shinshu Field track as well as the regular Shinshu Field track. Uh, I'm also thinking of Ryoshima Coast having its track involved as well because it's very majestic. Um, as well as Kaguya's Journey, uh, Shachimaru's theme, uh, the penultimate song of Okami, probably, The Sun Rises. Uh, like, things like the Tribe of the Heavenly Gods theme, which is like Waka's thing. Uh, the Menu theme. Uh, seems pretty standard to include. But also, there was a album put out by Capcom a number of years ago, called Okami Piano Arrange. Oh, and okay. as you might imagine, there are they are piano arrangements of every track in Okami. So for each track that's available in Smash that has a piano arranged version, we're including the piano arranged version as well. So we've effectively got maybe 20-plus tracks for Okami out of here. And I think Capcom would be generous. In- oh, yeah. Uh, I had to get a drink of water there. Um, me costumes? Surprisingly, I only have one for Okami, because I had a lot of good ideas for this one. I'm not too surprised by um, that. And that is uh, Isun. That's kind of what I thought. Amaterasu's little traveling painting bug companion. Um, you get dressed up to the nines as, as Isun and as a sword fighter. Uh, Dante has another sword fighter. Sir Arthur has another sword fighter. Ooh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Jill Valentine as a gunner. Nice. Mm-hmm. Elma as a gunner. Elma from Xenoblade? 
Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's loosely related RPG territory. Uh, and also a full, a deluxe me, a deluxe me costume. You mentioned a character that I wasn't really expecting <laughs> with Reimu Hakure. And so I wanted to toss in there as well. Saber Artoria from the Fate series. Okay. As a full, as a deluxe me costume. Definitely. Uh, started out. Yep. Started out as Fate Stay Night, which was like a graphic novel with, to my understanding, mildly erotic themes. And it has turned into a uh, big franchise with warrior style games, RPG style games, and anime series. It's uh, Fate is on the same level as the uh, Toho games. What, what, so, what company has the Fate games? What company has the Fate games? That's a good question because I don't know off the top of my head. Let's oh, then maybe I'll look, look it, up it up while you uh, go over some more of your stuff. Okay, sounds good. I think it's marvelous. Um, so yeah. Otherwise, um, her track I'm thinking would be. Kisio no Hokuri from Fate Stay Night, kind of her uh, theme from that game, and I think one of the main themes. Uh, there we go. And then we're going to jump into Spirits. And for my Okami Spirit Board, I have, once again, a collection of characters that I did not make the battles for. Nice. Um, very nice, yes, indeed. And and you know, whatever. I'm gonna list these out, and if I if I think of something while I'm listening it out that would be amazing, um, then we'll just go for it. Uh, Chibi Tarasu from Okami then can be a uh, smaller version of Amaterasu, I guess. That makes sense. That runs around pretty runs around pretty fast. It's on Shinsu Field. It's also present in Okami then, and uh, I don't know. There's there's less there's less of a charge time when you use the specials like Amaterasu would imagine have to have a ink mechanic with a celestial brush so Chibi Tarasu you're fighting Chibi Tarasu be like oh maybe there's never a unloading of the ink and and it's just always full so it can use attacks more effectively all the time to make up for the size. Um, Isun can also use probably. Uh, ink-based attacks, and, and it could be a me sword fighter dressed as Eason with with uh, ink that comes out of the sword when when it's attacking. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sakura, the the goddess of the of the tree. Don't I think that as you're fighting her, um, peaches will constantly be falling from the sky, and she would prioritize eating the peaches. And if you play Okami, there's a very obvious reason for that. Um, Susano. Susano is a as a fighter, as a sword fighter, who uh, you know in Okami, he th- he's he has the blood of the great warrior, and so he thinks that he is, you know, hot shit. But in reality, it's Amaterasu using the celestial breast that's assisting him in in gaining his his courage by thinking that he's the one killing these imps or taking down this rock or something nice so so yeah i'm thinking something like a a link or a marth who or something more brawly how about an ike that 
occasionally misses when they try to attack you. Like the attack just does nothing to you. And it's almost it's almost a joke battle. And you just knock them away. And that could be at Hayabusa Village just because. Uh Waka, one of the one of the moon tribe, much more sufficient with a blade that's also a flute in his case, and kind of a lightsaber at that. And he's fairly floaty. Hmm. Marth would be better suited for that, I or a, or a link. And they're a floatier character. Prioritize projectiles, perhaps, or, or attack up close. It would be good times. Uh, Nemery. A, uh, Nemery in Japanese means sleep. And Nemery in the game is a bear that balances on a ball and sleeps all the time. And it's just kind of there. I don't really know why. So and sometimes he's standing on, on things that you need, like the like the ball that he needs will be something that you need to unlock a puzzle or something. Right. Um. So. A character that bounces on a ball that could be Nemery. Uh, Marks, of course, that would be ridiculous. Um, I have I have no clue. Uh, I also have Oki listed I mean, here, Kirby. which is a. Uh... Yeah, yeah, that's true. Nemery could be a, or it could be a giant jiggly. He's just sleeping. Uh, that's true. Instead of and constantly using sleep, that that could be potentially terrifying. Um, I also have Orochi and Yami listed here. Um, Orochi could be the many different heads of a dragon, and that could be different characters like Bowser, Charizard, Ridley. For, for a uh, joke, you could even throw in Snake. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Or uh. Or someone with dragon blood, like Hayabusa. Yeah. Um, or then, if we were uh, crossing our packs, the Dragonborn. That's true. That's Roy, very true. Depending on uh, what what is canon mm -hmm. and what isn't has dragon blood. That's true. Also true. Um, Yami, who, you know, the, the penultimate villain of the game, who is not the legend, so... Because I did not plan this out, I'm just going to go for the legend, which is Chiranui, the uh, original incarnation of Amaterasu in the game, who 100 years prior to Okami saved the world in much better fashion alongside Susano's ancestor Nagi from Orochi and became a legend in Kamiki Village and beyond. Um... So, just like a super buffed out version of Amaterasu, I'd imagine. And again, that could be on like a Omega version of Shinshu Field. There's a lot of crossover into the actual canonical Okami stage that can happen with this character pack. Right. Uh, but that's a that. That's a that. That's that, huh? You... That's your whole that's character that, pack. Huh? Eh, pretty much. Well, we've gotten through uh, the predictions of six friends, 12 fighter packs full of material between the two of us, mm -hmm. and uh, this has been over three hours discussing all of this with you. Wow. Yeah. Really? It has been. It's definitely been That's a something. long podcast for us, which we knew was going to happen. Mm-hmm. 
But uh, you, that you went know... by fast. <laughs> fast? Uh, that was fun. I don't know if I'd use the word fast, but yeah, I'll call it fun. But you know what I think is uh, my favorite part about this whole podcast? That it's over. <laughs> All right. Well, that's up there. <laughs> but no, no. My favorite part is seeing what DLC we actually get and who is more correct. Will it be you? Will it be me? Will it be one of the other six that sent in predictions to us? I don't know. I'm looking or will we all be wrong? I mean, <laughs> so, at least one of us is going to get one character right. Come on. Yeah. We're not going to yeah. be completely all stonewalled here. And Gina will be that character. Fingers. I would love it. Gino give. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Indeed. But unfortunately, that seems like it's uh, time to wrap things up here. That's true. Okay, and in that case, I guess before we go, we'll go right on ahead and announce our next episode, which is going to be a barrel blitz of fun, uh, Smashtopia, that is not a character for the first time ever. Episode 14. It's going to be Smashtopia. interesting. An assist trophy extravaganza. Indeed. Where we're going to be just rapid firing assist trophy ideas for, you know, a good hour, hour and a half, and see where we land at the end of it with how many we toss out there for the workshop. How many are going to be other bullshit? How many of them are going to be like, why did you choose this character? That's stupid. Yep. And how many are just like, yeah, I agree with that. Yep. I, I'll tell you right now, Azurda is going to be one of them from the sky. I, I've got a few interesting surprises in store for you. Oh, so do I. It'll be fun. <laughs> and it'll be much shorter than this one. <laughs> God, yes. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time, Godspeed and good luck. Azurda does not fly through sky. <laughs>